0: Welcome to the leap to lead podcast. I'm Emily Rogers and I am your host. I'm here to support you to take the leap and lead your life where you want to be. Are you ready to take that leap? Let's get in and hear today's episode. Well, welcome to a really, really special discussion today with Helen Ellis of Being a Distant Grandparent. Helen is a New Zealander, and I didn't realise we're actually both here in Auckland until just recently. And we've met and talked, I've talked a bit to Helen over email and through different chats we've been in, but I found Helen's experience really interesting. She has a distance family, kids in different countries, not even in the same place, but she was she had her own business and she was working and then they all went abroad and then she decided as an anthropologist that she would go and study anthropology, social anthropology, and as a thesis uh, did some investigation into distance grandparenting, which has then led to the publishing of her book. And I find Helen's story really interesting because obviously I'm a, I'm a, a daughter. <laughs> And, you know, I've got my in-laws and my parents who haven't been around us um, a lot in the past um, 12 years. So I found it really interesting, your experience, Helen. And I know I haven't done the introduction justice, but please (laughs) welcome. And um, would you like to take a moment to introduce yourself?
1: Oh, thanks, Emily. Great to, um, to, to be here today. It's crazy. We live just, you know, 20 minutes away, probably, and we still haven't connected in person, thanks to COVID, but one day we will, and that'll be great. <laughs> anyway, um, so I've had a, an interesting journey. Um, Probably good to have a little bit of background. Um, my marriage is my second one, and we just had our, what was our 31st anniversary the other day, um, which is pretty good for the second one, I think, but I married somebody that was older, so when we had a wedding, we had a three, a three and a four-year-old and a 19 and 20-year-old. So we were a pretty odd-looking bunch. But what happened from that was that I became a step-grandparent pretty early in the normal flow of things. So, um, And my stepson had moved to England. And so there were the children born over there. And then my stepdaughter had children, and the first one was born in Scotland. And then way down the track, um, my children grew up and they both moved overseas. <laughs> so the, the long and short of it right now is that three of our four children live across America and the UK, and four of our six grandchildren um, live uh, with them as well. So we just have one family here. and. I've always been interested in travel. I, I was in the travel industry for years. I own my own travel business. So it's just kind of me. I love that. And I'm really interested in how people think and why do they do what they do. And, you know, sit me at the arrivals wall at the airport and I'm a happy camper. I just sort of figure everybody out. And make, <laughs> got their whole world all sorted out. I yeah, think I, I have. people up. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and then as my kids were overseas, I started following and trying to understand why, how it was for them, I started following podcasts, and, you know, reading blogs, and and when I was going, doing my university studies, if I could ever kind of make an assignment around migration in some way, I would, and at that time, my daughter was living in Bangkok, and, you know, she had the whole expat situation with the, you know, the, the nanny, and the, the housekeeper, and like, this is all really foreign, so I wanted to understand this world, so then, when I was challenged to do my master's when I finished my degree, which I really didn't want to do, but anyway, um, long the short of it, I thought, well, if I was to do it, I would do it on distance grandparenting because I did a little bit of homework and nobody was mm-hmm. researching it. It was as, and in New Zealand, the only statistic I've ever found is that 23% of grandparents here have children who live overseas. And for when you are a grandparent in New Zealand, That all those grandchildren are in another time zone, Mm. which is not the same for all distance grandparents. Some of them can be in sort of helpful time zones. (laughs) So we had every boundary and barrier thrown at us. So I went and did my master's and that involved interviewing a bunch of New Zealand grandparents, asking them the question, how is distance grandparenting for you? Mm. And I got all sorts of different answers and different results, wrote my thesis and then decided that The world needed the book. (laughs) I thought so, because there was nothing out there. And rather than do my PhD and have it hidden in some archive forever and nobody ever read it, I wanted to do some good. I wanted to help distance families understand how it is for the other. Because if we each understand a little bit more how it is for the other, then empathy is generated and empathy is a good thing for us all. So it started with... The first book, this one here, being a distance grandparent, which is the how it is of being a distance grandparent. Mm-hmm. But I'm I'm writing two more. I don't, which is, <laughs> <laughs> it would have been easier to do it. I must a, a, a PhD. Okay. But anyway, so I'm right in the middle now of being a distance son or daughter, mm-hmm. like Emily, like your, yourselves probably, and then after that it'll be being a distance grandchild. So the whole idea is. Everybody reads every book. Everybody yeah. understands how it is for the other. And, you know, we just have that that, that depth of understanding that's just really helpful for this whole yeah. thing. Yeah.
0: I, I have to say I found your book really powerful, certainly very interesting, um, but I actually found it really confronting as well. And mm-hmm. probably a lot of that is, A, we're in a pandemic and I can't travel to see mm-hmm. my parents. Mm -hmm. B, daddy is so sick and I can't be there with him but you know I found it really confronting have you what sort of reaction have you had to your book
1: um well I think that it's it's interesting because when I planned to do this COVID wasn't around yeah quite literally I pressed the button the submit button on my (laughs) phone in in March or (laughs) April 2020 and I already had this whole book project organised. I'd talk with publishers. I knew the direction I was taking. It. And then COVID arrived. I'm going, what the heck do I do with COVID now? COVID wasn't supposed to be part of this. So it doesn't matter what we do with distance families right now. It's hard. Yeah, and yeah. for you and your situation, when you can't travel and see your mum and dad and your dad is so unwell, it is confronting. Yeah. But the thing is that nothing's nothing great is achieved in our comfort zone. <laughs> So probably the timing of your reading it is a little bit tricky, Mm -hmm. but I'd have to say that for everybody else who's read the book, and it doesn't matter which generation they are, Mm. they all get so much out of it. So for the grandparents, they feel less alone because this is a very lonely place. They get on with their lives, they mix with their friends. Their friends are saying, oh, you know, there's another grandchild on the way and that grandchild's going to be living just down the road. And they sit there and they don't complain. So it's a very lonely place. So when they read stories of other grandparents who are in a similar boat to them, that's really helpful. And the other thing that it does for the grandparents is I tell them very nicely and very gently, That it's okay to feel sad, but their job is to accept Mm. because they brought up you and they said go for it, take on the (laughs) world, you know, the world's your oyster. Well, that's exactly what you've done. Yeah, Yeah. you know, and yeah, so they 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 know that my message is your job is to accept, and I also help them with like their language, how they talk to you. Are they creating guilt that doesn't need to be created? Mm -hmm. Are they you know, always so down, you know, or emotional? Or Are they saying, hey, you know, I admire you. I, yeah. I'm proud of you. Go for it. You know, we're here to support you. And I've had grandparents say to me when they've read that, but they've go, Helen, I needed to read that. Yeah.
0: I Did love you how you outline the
1: three H's. Is it? Yes, the, the three H's. H's. Was yeah. help,
0: how harmful, uh, helpful or a uh, human or helpful?
1: Yes. And Level one, hard. harmful. Yeah. It's a natural response. You say things like, how dare you take my grandchild to the other side of the world? That's not helpful. So the next level is the human level. They say things like, I miss you so much. I can feel the distance. I just want to be there and give you a hug. That's a very human thing to say. It's perfectly normal. I understand. Just tell your friends that one. That's what I tell the grandparents. Level three is the helpful this is your decision. I respect your choice. And so, very nicely, people pick up on that. Yeah. But then, when it's the distant daughters or distant sons, what they say to me is, I had no idea. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. I had no yeah. idea yeah. that my mother might sit home and not go to the hairdresser in the mornings. And make the hairdresser in the afternoon because you might phone in the mornings
0: i might get a phone call yeah yeah
1: yeah, yeah. and that's the reality so all of that is maybe a little bit awkward yeah. but actually it's really good yeah
0: it's really good it's, it's, it's very insightful i have to say the way you've done it with the storytelling as well as the research yes. it is very insightful and it does cover the full rabbit of what someone might experience
1: yes yes that that's my goal i want to make make we we, we can't stop it we're all separated but how can we do it better how can the likes of yourselves have real intentionality about it and the message that i can give to the distant sons and daughters is and they you might be surprised about this But over and over again, I met grandparents and I've, you know, I started with interviewing them in New Zealand, but I've gathered them from all around the world. So we've had lots of conversations all over the place. Over and over again, they would say to me, the closest relationships I have with my family are with the ones who are the furthest away. Yes. So you need to know as distant sons and daughters that it's not all bad. You can shine. You can be the best communicator, the closest one. I I just can't get over how many times I was told that. And it's simply because you've made a decision that communicating with a family back home is what our family does. This is what our family does. And it's not all just up to the parents, you guys. The children, if they're old enough to have devices, they can be talking to their grandparents once a month, or you know, it's your job, you have to set it up, you initiate it, you contact Nana and Granddad, and you mm-hmm. make the time and leave them to it. Yeah, you yeah. know, I don't know, whatever, but it's that it intentionality. This is what our family does. Yeah, honestly. It does
0: a good relationship, doesn't it?
1: It it does, and it teaches great examples, you know. <laughs> I see that with my own mother uh, who's here and I can tell you that the, the her grandchildren that make the greatest effort yeah. Yeah. are the furthest away.
0: It's interesting moving back to New Zealand, um, you know, in our experience, I used to take our summer, which is the winter in Australia and New Zealand, and I'd be on the road for eight to nine weeks. I would try and do a month in New Zealand in Christchurch and a month with my parents in South Australia and You know What my in-laws love about that is actually the first thing in the morning where the kids would snuggle down into bed and they'd get books and they'd have cups of tea and toast together in bed and all the rest of it. Mm. Since we came back and they've been to visit us a few times and we've been down there for Christmas, Christmas is a busy time, we're doing lots, they've come to visit us, school's happening, they've got routines and hockey on the weekends and all the rest of it. My mother-in-law said to me last time, she said, I really miss those morning cuddles. Mm. I really miss that that time together that Mm. we were privileged to when you lived Mm. further away
1: (laughs) yes yes it's
0: really interesting how that dynamic actually shifts because they're more accessible so they're here more often but we don't make the deliberate attempt to do it at a time when the kids are in a downtime like holidays for example so the dynamic's different It's, it's been really interesting
1: it is. It is, and it's all about pajamas. That's what I'm saying, because you know, when you go and live with a, with your family, you know, for two or three weeks of visit, well, you see everybody. You know that, yeah. you know that morning hair and the pajamas and everything. So you see everybody, warts and all, for those three concentrated weeks or whatever the time is, and I never get to see my family who live here I never see them in pajamas (laughs) there was one day the other week it was my husband's birthday and we've been talking with everybody we were in lockdown and we were talking with the family on the other side of the world and it was half past 10 in the morning and we were still <laughs> up and down. So we ended up with a Skype call with the family that were only 20 minutes down the road. And I said, oh boy, you know, we don't look good at the moment. But, um, <laughs> but it is, it, it's, that's right. You know, it's special time. And those children, the little ones remember it. And I would always, every time I would go to visit the little ones, or most definitely every time I came back, I would always make a little photograph album. One of those ones you can do online just a picture book you know each page has got a big one photo on it those photograph albums have done so much good Mm. they're fantastic and Mm. I will go and visit and I find them in the toy box and they're still there they haven't fallen to bits I'm so grateful (laughs) (laughs) and that keeps the memories alive and I remember visiting you know the last time I saw my grandkids and was well all of them is three nearly three years Mm. but the the last time one of them was here the little ones he was only 15 months but I remember having conversation when he was about four and he said I remember your house name my you know it's what he calls me and he described one or two things yeah and sure enough he was right and I think it's really the photos of those little books that's kept it alive Mm. yeah
0: it's interesting isn't it because I do I do the same thing make photo books of every every experience yes it's, it is really important because kids are so visual as well, which I can't imagine having to do this. I mean, when we first went to Hong Kong, Skype was already in service. Like mm-hmm. we had Skype. I can't imagine raising children abroad and having the grandparents distance without that visual for the kids. I, I don't mm-hmm. know. I mean, like you talk about it in the book. Yes. You know, the timed phone calls and the expense and
1: Oh, yes, yes. And then I've also learned um, with that phone, that family that they're not really into Skype very much. So even these days, oh, really? we yeah. don't have Skype or Zoom calls with our 19 and 22-year-old grandchildren in the UK because they're just not into it.
0: Wow, well, they haven't grown
1: up with it. <laughs> no, <have> they? <laughs> no, they haven't grown up. Well, they grew up with it. It was yes. around. And, I mean, they've done all the university studies with it. But it's not something that we did in the family because their family didn't particularly like it, you know, as as which I talk about in the book, not everybody likes being in front of the camera. Yeah, so um, that option is just not on the table for us. Oh, it's interesting, isn't it? Yes. Because
0: yeah. I, I, you talk about in the book where there's moments where the parent has to run and do something and so you're with the child maybe in the playroom <laughs> reading a book or something. I'm guilty of doing that. Could you just talk to them for a second?
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, <just>. yes, yes. <laughs> yes there was a story about the time and then my grandson was learning to be potty trained and, and my daughter had him sitting out on the deck and she managed to prop up the phone So he wouldn't play with it amazingly. And he's sitting on the potty. So I'm reading Dr. Seuss at the other end. And he produced the goods. So I (laughs) described it as a red letter day of distance grandparenting. But you know what? Most of the time, it's garbage, you know? And I read a wonderful statistic the other day that you get as much attention online in a video according to the, the age. So if they're one, you'll get one minute. Yes, if yes. they're four, you'll get four minutes, yes. and I think that is a really comforting statistic because, honestly, you know, you get it all set up, and we'll talk at this time of the day, and 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 you, we've cancelled what we were doing yes. to stay home, and we're here, and we're ready to rock and roll, and you we know, you dial up, and like kids are upset and they're hungry, and, and I, don't I don't want to talk to them. you. Want to talk to Nana? No. <laughs> <laughs> So we have to just. That's no,
0: yeah. okay. okay. And it, it is it's, for us. It's still it's the impromptu connections that yes. are more valuable anyway than any prearranged yes. connection. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. You've touched on it a couple of times. You, you did a lot of research in writing your book, and obviously in your thesis as well. But there isn't actually a lot of research out there, is
1: there? There's not a lot of formal academic research. Yeah, No, that is absolutely correct. In fact, there had been nothing in New Zealand about distance grandparenting penned by an, a New Zealander. I was the first. My thesis is the first. It's <laughs> amazing, isn't it? It's a amazing. master's thesis <laughs> is, is not very, you know, it doesn't have a lot of status in the academic world, I can assure you. Um, So I just think that's sad when there's this massive population. And the reason I think that there's so little research is the fact that if you were doing it through your own experience like I am, by the time you've got a bit of experience under your belt, and the same with the writing of the book, there's so few books out there, by the time you've got the experience under your belt, you're probably into your 70s. And to be honest, the world of publishing and writing books is not exactly the easiest place to navigate yeah. and it can be very much in the too hard basket because you've got to be a social media expert and everything so because my husband is older than me I started the whole process younger yes, so yes, I've so. had over 20 years experience and I'm not and I'm a long way off my 70s <laughs> so I've still got you know yeah. Yeah. the 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 energy and the willingness to embrace technology as much as I can possibly manage and, you know, and just make it happen. So um, I think that's one of the reasons is because by the time you've got that experience, you're just getting on a bit and, you know, yeah. not sure if that's really what you want to do. Yeah, And it's hard. It's emotionally hard. You know?
0: And we <laughs> talked about it at the start as well. It's, it's also a very lonely experience. So to it then delve and invest time in it. Oh, yes. It's challenging.
1: Yeah. I mean, I took a year off my life. I just t- took a total year to do my master's and I did it in record time, you know, at the university, they said, oh no, no, don't, nobody does it in that one, oh, <laughs> because I'm I'm too old to take years on this, you know, I don't want to waste my life, so yeah, did that, and then took a year to write the book, and it, it doesn't take a year to write 60,000 words, but it takes a year to, mm. to formulate it and read all the reading behind it, and you know and just you know for every quote that there might be in a book there's 20 things you've read mm. before you've decided that's the one that's really right yeah. Um, so yeah it, it's a big it, it is yeah it's quite a big project
0: <laughs> I have to say I'm, I'm pleased you've done it because it was very enlightening as I said confronting for me at the moment but very enlightening and I think you know there are so many people out there who can benefit i mean i'm just thinking about my own parents and the amount of times people have said to them oh I feel so sorry for you you know where you know your kids are so far away because my brother lives in melbourne mm-hmm. and i'm overseas and you know people always say we feel, we feel sorry for you or you know it must be tough or whatever so you know that loneliness that they experience is perpetuated as yes, well because it is. their friends are, and you know siblings are comparing themselves
1: to yes them. But I think what you can do as a distant son or daughter is you can get the book yourself and have a read of it Mm. and you can package it up, you know, wrap it up and send it to your folks and say, you know what? I really understand so much more and I get it from your perspective and I respect and I honour the fact that you've embraced what I've done. Thank you so much. I'm, I'm, I want you to give you a copy of this, you know, and and that is an act of love.
0: Yeah,
1: you know that is a true act of love because, you know, I, I'd have to say most distant sons and daughters don't get well. They they can get upset, but yeah. you know, I think right now for you it's it's even harder. But my job is not to get you upset. My it <laughs> works. Yeah. I was too teary, I couldn't see the bird uh, well, I do, trust me I've sat here in this office and I've read things, there are things yeah. that I can pick up there of my own stories and I tell you, in fact I, I did a, a webinar the other week and I had to read I was asked to read a story so I read a story and I was like <clears throat> at the end um, because it is an emotional thing
0: Yeah, I like the way you describe it though, it's like eating veggies, you just got to do it
1: just got to do it, yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Hey, and I'll give you a hint from that. When I my kids were little, I would feed them their veggies. Maybe, you know, this is right off subject. <laughs> then they didn't finish them. So I would put the leftover veggies in a pudding plate, a dessert plate that has sort of frilly things on the inside. sprinkle some, some um, long life custard and some Chocolate <laughs> hail and serve <laughs> them again, and I I would get a good two or three weeks out of that until they
0: got the <laughs> <they cotton> not. On. <laughs> Parenting one hundred and one. <laughs> oh, I love that! That's fantastic. <laughs> so, in all the work research you've done, in all the work you've done, there's so much valuable. I mean, it just the way you've broken it down into you know the emotions, the the rituals, the travel, the. You know, you've got so many different aspects in your book. If you had to talk to uh, someone who's about to become a destined grandparent for the first time, what, what would you want them to take away as being, okay, my top three or five things you need to know?
1: Um, I think, first of all, it would depend an awful lot on whether this was their very first grandchild being born on the other side of the world and they were achieving this rite of passage for the first time or whether they had a bunch of grandkids already maybe local and this was another one so there's a very different journey for those two people mm. so I have to say that anybody who's become a grandparent for the first time through COVID and has not seen that grandchild that's a world away from my own experience because I've seen all my grandkids and you know spent time with them so that would be very important I would I would just acknowledge their pain. Yeah. absolutely acknowledge the grief and pain and but overall I would say yeah it's it's tough and it's no it doesn't seem fair and it's not what you imagined when you toddled along to the antenatal class when you were carrying them but just just try and inspire them that there's a the whole new journey for your family here as well. There's this whole new dynamic. There's a whole new cultures or languages. And, you know, COVID will improve. We will get out. We will be able to fly. And there is this whole new dynamic that is coming into your family. And be pleased that your children have done this and be flexible. Don't you know, be prepared to rearrange your a little bit of your life, and um, you know, be aware of the time zones. You become very structured in your days about how you do things, so that you are potentially available for those random calls, and then fill the gap. What else are you going to do? I don't know if I, if my own daughter, who's you know, children are the youngest, if she had lived in New Zealand, whether I would have done my masters written these books i suspect i would have had two car seats in the back of my car and i'd have had a lot of mom can you help me? can you help there so my life could have been totally different and i'd have to say i i really enjoy that freedom that i have we never have to worry about what we're doing on a saturday night every saturday night's ours (laughs) (laughs) Old. <laughs> we didn't use, I mean, the grandkids here are, are, are also 19 and 22, so they don't need babysitting. So trust me, I've done lots of babysitting years and years ago when I had, te- when I had teenagers. So I've changed heaps and nappies and done the whole nana thing here as well. Um, but I, I would try and tell them, you know, about the positive things that there are and that it is our role, you know, just to get on and let them get on and enjoy themselves, you know. That would be my advice, yes. Yeah. Because, I mean,
0: it doesn't matter how well you plan your overseas. I mean, as someone who's moved overseas and moved a lot living abroad, you plan lots of things, but stuff still happens. There's always going to be moments of crisis. There's always going to be moments of change. And I think the one thing I really value with my in-laws and my parents is actually their ability to flex and change with us Mm. as well. And I don't know that that is always normal, but... You know, we've had some pretty incredible experiences.
1: Yes, I think I think you're right. Stuff happens, and when it happens overseas, it's so much harder.
0: Mm.
1: And not all parents and grandparents are of that ilk, you know, that they can just, mm. you know, go with the flow. I've had, you know, twice I've said, "That's it, I've got to get on a plane," yeah. <laughs> and, and it was during when I was doing my degree and I've sat an exam overseas I've done (laughs) tests overseas (laughs) I've had to always be super organized with my assignments and have everything ahead of time because I knew stuff was happening over the other side of the world and I thought I don't know what where I'm going and what I'm doing but that assignment that isn't due for six weeks I'm working on it now yeah you know, so nothing was i didn't leave things to the last minute i was always sort of planning and keeping my options open and um, so either you ask somebody and and it's about the resources you know mm-hmm. i i was not working full time my husband was was still working and still is and he, even though he's older than me and so we were able to you know keep putting food on the table and so we had the resources and he was supportive so You know, that's just the Mm. luck of the draw, exactly, as to how that all pans out. But I know that when I have done a, you know, a couple of rescue type trips, um, it it was the best thing that I could have done. And and many, I I know many grandparents and parents who have done this, and with you know babies arrive or all those sorts of things. And and it's tricky. It's tricky for us, you know.
0: Christchurch earthquake, we actually were all in Christchurch because we'd christened Jessica and her two cousins on that Sunday. And obviously the earthquake was on the Tuesday at lunchtime. Uh So we were all there. My parents, Scott's parents, all the aunts and uncles, family Uh friends, everyone was in Christchurch. And my parents got out quite quickly the next day. Um, Obviously there's family that lived there that were, um, anyway, we shuttled around. We ended up in a house out at Rangiora at, at an aunt and uncle's, which was amazing. But we were actually living in Mumbai, and we, as we flew down, were supposed to move from Mumbai to Pune. So I had semi-packed, I'd done a big shop, I was ready for the move, Mm. and um, then we got notice after the earthquake that the owners had changed their mind. They weren't going to open the hotel, and um, Scott was made (laughs) redundant. So he decided he was going to stay and help his parents retrieve. I was going to go back and pack up the apartment in Mumbai, and Jessica was 10 months old. And I'm like, how the hell am I going to do this? <laughs> so I had to get to get out of Christchurch, I had to go to via Brisbane and then Brisbane, Singapore and up to Mumbai. And my mum said, well, I'll meet you in Brisbane and I'll take Jessica. <laughs> I'm like, okay, that works. Yep, we'll do that. So <laughs> my mum's cousin's daughter, bless her, I barely know her, but bless her, she met me in Brisbane International, took me down to Brisbane domestic i handed Jessica and the nappy bag over to my mum <laughs> she drove me back to international and mum was on her own flying back to adelaide to dad to huh? have my 10 month old daughter who at that stage was still breastfeeding so they weaned her they did everything for her and it was about a week before i was able to get back again but you know when you think about stuff happening you know life is crazy but mum and dad still look back and they go how did we do that like how did we <laughs> physically make that happen uh, like yeah. you, you just you do you pull on your boots you yeah you're organized enough that you can just grab your bag and you can go and you can do it yeah, yeah. and I think that flexibility adaptability sometimes in hindsight sheer craziness <laughs> <laughs> is what does make it work but yes it, it's not everybody's able to and and, and that's what no. i really took from your book you know not all daughters are what you call them gate openers, openers or gatekeepers?
1: yeah
0: not everyone is able to bring the extended family in but likewise not all extended family is able to be a part of it
1: yes i think the gate opener and gatekeeper thing is more about just leaving the gate open they might not be like super love their in-laws or you know cherish every moment with them but don't close the gate yeah you know so there when when you've got a gatekeeper daughter in law yeah life is not fabulous yeah 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 and you know all you want is for your son to man up I'm still tossing around with the, the title I want to use and the to describe that yeah. that rec- talks about something round yeah, is yeah, the yeah. right thing to use in my book. Grow some and use them. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> that's that's the that's the topic at the moment. But yeah. you know, um, I will have some sample readers tell me whether I can use that topic or not. But you know, without a doubt. Yeah meant those men those sons have known their mother for you know 30 40 years and yeah. they know her quirks and they know how they can you know the way she is and he, you know they're the piggy in the middle and they need to man up mm. and yes
0: I have yeah. found having had that experience in that family the crisis moment does shift it mm. and crisis in the family does finally give them that yes. strength
1: to good but it <laughs> took a long time and they could have fixed it six months ago <laughs> or oh, years ago yeah <laughs> <laughs> i get it i totally utterly yeah, get it yeah. yeah yeah and these are dynamics that you know are living out all the time and yeah, and yeah. as a result you know that daughter-in-law says I'm not giving access to the grandchildren and the grandparents are upset and estrangement happens. And there are some wonderful resources about it. There's some terrific books written about it. It it is actually solvable if you want it to be. Mm.
0: I like how you touch on it at the end though. You know, sometimes, you know, when you do have a disagreement or something does go wrong, it's going to be hard to solve it over digital (sighs) FaceTime it's yeah. very hard to solve it in the two weeks you might see each other yeah um you're gonna have to be really resourceful yeah
1: yeah and it may never really resolve itself in the way you'd love it to but you come to another place
0: mm.
1: you know that you can still keep communication up and you still do it somehow or other and it works but um <clears throat> that serious estrangement is is very hard by distance yeah don't ever get there mm-hmm. just don't ever get there no. just and be intentionality be intentional about what you're doing yeah and
0: and, and maybe that's the, the the gift of your book and the next two that are to come is that you know if you are a globally mobile family you know it is an amazing resource it is so insightful but just to put yourself in someone else's shoes and understand mm-hmm. You yep. Know the language I'm using right now. I'm oh, I, I'm a gatekeeper at the moment, I need to open that gate, you know, just mm. to be a little bit more mindful. Um, and like I know with my in laws, I've deliberately got to say to them, We'd love you to come and stay. This is it happening, happens.
1: like, yes,
0: they're not inclined to just book a flight because they can or tell me what suits their lifestyle or their plans. I've got to be very deliberate and say, I'd love, we'd love to see you. What um, about you know, this, yeah? So if as families living abroad we can be mindful about how we speak and what we say then we can start to connect better and and make it a much more positive experience for everyone involved
1: yes oh honestly as the daughter-in-law there is so much you can do to be the most fabulous daughter-in-law because your in-laws are always well most times very hesitant you know Mm -hmm. they 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 will not put themselves forward in the same way that they might with their own daughter who may have lived overseas. Mm. So things that you can say are things like, "You are one hundred percent welcome in our home. Mm. We want you to come. We want you to be here." I mean, when I say that, I'm thinking of a particular mm. friend of mine who's who I know her daughter who lives in, her daughter in North sorry, who lives in America, and I'm welling up. Because I know what it means to the parents back here to be told that by your daughter-in-law, who took their son away at the end of the day. And the other wonderful line that always makes me well out and it's not kind of as applicable now, but I have distance grandparents' um, friends in another town in New Zealand and their son is in Germany. And both their son and their daughter-in-law in in Germany have always say to the folks back here, there's always money for an airfare Mm. and what that means is Mm. if we need to come home we will find the money and we will find the time and we will make it happen and that is such a powerful thing to say not very easy at the moment that was pre-COVID but it's a really powerful thing to say and when you are potentially going into your old age with no one handy to take you for an appointment like I'm doing for my mother in a couple of hours time yeah. you become very aware that it's all up to you and you have to get yourself to the doctor and you have to pay for somebody to come and take you or you have to come and pay for someone to clean the house or all the little things you know that that if you were handy so um those are powerful statements they'll never be forgotten they'll treasure them <laughs> forever yeah yeah i just i don't think I, I i probably don't realize as a daughter-in-law the incredible power you have mm. to be so amazing yeah yeah and break the mold <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah yeah And it does come down to that doesn't it, it just, just choose, just in this moment, just choose your words and yeah.
1: choose
0: how you want to say it.
1: Yeah. And learn, you know, make a decision that you're going to build on this relationship. They might be people that are of another culture or they're just not your kind of people um, for whatever reason, but just do your best. You know? Yeah.
0: Yeah. I had the other extreme <laughs> with the earthquake, then coming back and we all lived together because <laughs> we're in a two and a half bedroom one bathroom yeah. them, one house. <laughs> for a year but as I, I, we, we always talk about silver linings yes the earthquake was devastating but actually i had no relationship with my in-laws prior to that experience and mm-hmm. so as a result we do have a great relationship and we do to, to build on that and um you know it, but yeah it is being mindful it is being aware and being conscious of of how you're interacting with people as well
1: yeah and not just all about you you know yeah. Yeah. yeah it's about spreading the love and um and you know rather than saying i need to put barriers or boundaries up hang on you know this is there some other way yeah. You know? yeah. yeah
0: yeah yeah no it's interesting and that's certainly i mean you've touched on it a few times but covid is going to change yes so much i mean you t- talked about the end you know so many families are thinking about coming home because yes. it's become so hard um yeah. I don't know how easy it will be for people to move. I mean, in New Zealand right now, you can't get in or out. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) So you couldn't. But, you know, it it is going to change a lot. So it will be really interesting when you do your next two books, how how that impacts as well.
1: It's right. And it's changing daily. Mm. Um, You know, I have a chapter, um, you know, that I'm dedicating at the end of the son and daughter book about, you know, the COVID effect. I haven't even started it because the story's being still told (laughs) Um, and it depends on which country you come from but you know because we're all changing and moving with vaccination programs at different paces. you know my friend in Denmark has you know has got this whole life of freedom but she can't bring her mother from Wellington to visit because it's too tricky so I think there's there's two things that are for sure are, are going to happen is people are going to return home and they have returned home but they may not necessarily be ready to return home. So, and that's very hard for the family at home to really get, because they think they live in paradise, whatever it is, whether it's America or England or New Zealand or Australia, they think they live in the best place. So wouldn't you naturally be excited to come back home? But no, the job's half done or you've changed as, you know, you all change as with your experiences. So that's hard, and of course the children have been brought up somewhere else, so their culture that they've now been thrown into is not, although they might be New Zealanders or Australians or whatever, it's not really home. So there's a whole lot of stuff there, yeah. and the other thing is that there will be distance parents and grandparents who've lost their mojo. Yeah, This has really affected them. Yeah. They're very hesitant to get in a plane when we eventually open... I mean, or, or they're, they're worrying about their travel insurance or they're worrying about what will happen and when they get there. And so the, the, the direction of the traffic may take a bit of a turn that there's more of the middle generation visiting the parents and grandparents than maybe the parents and grandparents visiting them. Yeah. Because I, from my experience, but I know it, it, it differs with different nationalities, but, you know, the grandparents do and parents do an awful lot of traveling, especially when the little children are little um, because it's, it's hard, you know, traveling around the world and it's expensive. Yeah. Um, but I think it could change and that could affect financial yeah. things to do with it. Parents who have never, ever offered to pay for an airfare for you to come home because they've only got their limited resources and that's the way our family works. I totally understand that. Maybe now offering to pay to bring you home you know so there's a whole lot of dynamics and values and and what I stand for and and what I thought I would do with my life that's changing mm. and and with every change is there some grief yeah so yeah it, I think that COVID has got an awful lot to <laughs> to answer for it. and children have grown you know I mean I've had you know one of my grandsons has has spent more years without me visiting than than worth you know
0: was it earlier this year or last year you witnessed your son a wedding
1: oh yes over zoom (laughs) oh (laughs) yes well my son les's cotton socks won a green card through the lottery system in the state so we already had three that had moved one came back but anyway like did I need that? No. So he's in Chicago, and um he met a lovely American girl, and they got engaged just before COVID happened. But they booked their reception lounge in in Chicago. We were obviously all going to go, you know, and um, but it, you know, there's no way we could go. And it wasn't until only a few weeks before the date that they actually thought they could host the event in the venue because it was all supposed to be outdoor things. So we had a live um, live stream wedding. (laughs) So we invited, we were able to have people come to our home. We were COVID free at that point. And so it was Saturday night in Chicago, Sunday morning here. So we hosted over 40 people at our house for breakfast and they turned up on this awful rainy (laughs) wintry day in June. And we had push chairs and prams and umbrellas and when I saw the weather I thought oh no (laughs) and all the technology we have amazing this is ridiculous we have three tvs in our downstairs living area which is I know it sounds ridiculous but it was a blessing on this time but getting all the technology right yes especially seeing I vacuum cleaned up one of the cords in in the garage where all the technology was the day before that wasn't helpful (laughs) but anyway it all worked and we live stream we went back you know we started in chicago yeah. then they crossed over to us and we had speeches and then we went back at three times we managed to do that and pull it off and honestly it felt like we were there
0: oh, How wonderful. we all
1: cried <laughs> <laughs> and and all the people that came some of them friends of my son who you know i kind of knew but i didn't really know that well or we'd seen them at something or other they were just overjoyed they said it was so lovely to come and so lovely to be part of it because they wouldn't have flown to Chicago so that was a bonus all these people got to experience it and then we had it on zoom as well so there were people out of town and all around the world literally who were able to watch it people who would never have taken the the time yeah Yeah, they're sitting in London or (laughs) Germany or wherever you know got up in the middle of the night and so it was it was amazing. I wouldn't hesitate, and I think that's a trend. We'll have live stream weddings. That'll be the norm from now. Yeah, just yeah. as we've had live stream funerals, so this will be a new thing. Yeah. As you book your photographer, you'll book the live stream. Yes, a cameraman. They'll come with all the technology. Don't try and do it yourself. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and it will be a whole new dynamic. And more people will celebrate those rites of passage than they would have. Otherwise. Yeah, yeah. So that'll be a plus. It will. That'll be yeah, a good yeah.
0: thing. It, it will keep evolving, won't it? It's going to be an interesting time for all of us. <laughs> so, Helen Ellis, distantfamilies.com, you've got two more books coming. Do you have timeframes, dare I ask?
1: Oh, yes. No, I've got to get the job. I'm a job <laughs> done girl. <laughs> so, um, The Distant Sons and Daughters is 60,000 very messy words in a Word document in my computer at the moment. But to take that to a book, it will be next year. So, yep. you know, I'm hoping kind of, you know, sometime early next year it will, you know. Great. Yep. It's a long, long process. And then the next one I want to do in a similar thing. So it'll be like 2023. It takes that time. Yeah. It's, you know, with everything else. So for sure, it's it's going to happen. <laughs> in the meantime, all generations should read
0: being a distance grandparent and get the insight. Yeah.
1: Yes. Yeah. I... I I would love them to do it because the, the 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 I'm not doing this to be a big author or make a lot of money. I can assure you, it costs a lot of money. <laughs> this is not a money making episode. I do it for the passion. Mm. If this is the next season of my life. I've done all sorts of things, but this season of my life, I want to have an impact on the families because I feel I've I've got the ability to deliver the message, yeah. and that's what I'm doing it for. I love um, yeah. Uh,
0: yeah so distancefamilies.com and I'll put all the links in the show notes as well if anyone wants to yes.
1: um,
0: find your website or your book um, the links will be there but distancefamilies.com you'll find them there as well thank you so much Helen I really, you. really appreciated your time today
1: we've had a lovely chat we must <laughs> have a coffee sometime we will have a coffee too. thank you for this opportunity to chat in this way it's been really lovely and I just wish all the families the very best at this time and um, hope that they're all safe and safe and well thanks Helen thank you